We are now on a series break from our book study in the book of Genesis to give way to another, a new series of study. This time, a New Testament book, a book, uh, the first letter of John. So can we have the, the first slide? So as an introduction to the whole letter of John, the author is obviously John, and he's the apostle. He's called John the Beloved. He's one of the closest Apostle is one of the closest disciples of Jesus. In fact, he's considered as one of the three closest, not the inner three, in the circle of Jesus Christ. So unlike the letters that, that Paul wrote, uh, Paul wrote different letters to different churches, uh, to the different uh, Christians, believers that were scattered during that time, John, on his, in his golden years, so according to Bible scholars, John is already old, no? but uh, he's still in Ephesus at this point, and sooner or later, soon, he will be exiled. He will be thrown into exile in Patmos. So before he wrote Revelation, he wrote John. That's why he would address the audience as dear children, no? as if he's a grandfather, or, I mean, uh, 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 an older figure, no? writing to his Dear children, so children not to demean, no? not to lower down the spirituality or the maturity of the listeners, the hearers, the readers of this letter, but as an act of endearment, no? as an affection, no? writing to an audience, next please, uh, that, uh, are, that is dear to him. So it's an untitled letter, so there's no particular church recipient. It's and uh, agreed upon by Bible scholars that this was written to the Gentiles, to the believers who were scattered, uh, also to the Jews as well, because during this time, the Jerusalem, the, it was destroyed. No? And so the Christians were scattered, no? they are, they are uh, away, no? they are persecuted. And you know, when you are away from fellow believers, when you're away from the, the universal body of Christ, the universal church, if you're away from the local church, you will be vulnerable. You'll be vulnerable to what? To uh, persecution, not only to persecution, but vulnerable to false teachings. And so uh, the, one of the reasons uh, as a background and context to the letter of John, John wrote this to the believers who are scattered and who are being persecuted and who are now conforming to the world's standards because of the pressure, because of the persecution, because of being away from their family, from their church, from the, the fellowship. So they are failing now to stand up for Christ and they are compromising their faith. And because of this, false teachings and false teachers are now able to influence them. And during this time, uh, false teachings are increasing. And so, uh, uh, John the Apostle would write this letter uh, to, to put the believers on track according to Life Application Study Bible to show the difference. Uh, when you say difference, we're talking here of contrasts between light and darkness or truth and error uh, and to encourage the church, the body of Christ, who are now scattered, who are now persecuted, who are now vulnerable to false teachings, to grow in their genuine, in their real, their authentic love for God and for one another. And furthermore, to assure the believers that they have eternal life in Jesus. So when you're away, you know, your tendency is to lose hope, you, you have doubts, you, know, you, you lose your, 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 you become depressed. And so that is to help them to know that their faith is real, that their faith in Christ is authentic, it is genuine, it is real, and they could enjoy all the benefits of being God's children despite of the suffering, despite of the persecution, despite of the things that are not good and the bad that are happening to them and around them. And so these are the reasons uh, why uh, John wrote this. And of course, uh, they know that the writer is, is the Apostle John because of the style of writing, which is very similar to the gospel that he has written as well. Now, in the gospel and also in the, the, the three letters of John, we studied the first letter uh, uh, this month, uh, uh, there will be three things that are consistent. Uh, being God being uh, light, you know, God as light, God as love, 
or God is love, and then God is life. So light, uh, love, and life. So those are the three consistent themes that we can also appreciate and learn and know from the first letter that John the Apostle, the Beloved, wrote. And uh, uh, the first letter of John is full of contrasts. So when you say contrast, you are looking at two uh, things that are opposites, that are different from one another. So I, I turn into internet and I try to look at what are the top five things that people check out as real or fake. Uh, do you check out something that is real or fake? Uh, so I looked at the internet and just uh, out of curiosity, what are the top five things that people check out? whether they're real or fake. So the fifth would be shoes. Uh, shoes. I hope you're not looking at someone else's shoes right now and uh, checking if they're real or fake. No, but that's the, the fifth, no? uh, one of the top five things that people check out. So when you buy, no? maybe you're buying Adidas, but when you bring it home, you're surprised, oh, it's not Adidas, it's Adadis. No, wrong spelling, wrong. No? Made in China. Oh, or sometimes you, maybe you, you bought from on Ukay Ukay, no? it's dark, and you saw, uh, sounds like Nike. No? Sounds like Nike. But the spelling is actually wrong. No? Nike. But it's wrong spelling, wrong. But then, no? So another would be bags. Especially for the ladies. No? You check out the, the bags. No? Equal ba? Pantay ba? No, yung handle ba, original, yung zipper, etc., etc. So, baka sinulat lang, ginaya lang. No? So, we check out no? whether our bags or someone else's bags are real or fake. Another, because of the shift in our culture, in our time, would be news. So, we check out if this article, this news article, this, this, this feed, this news feed is real or not. No? Are you a victim of fake news? Yeah, it's, it's a recent topic, especially in the Senate. No, they're 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 investigating. Ano ba yung fake news? What is authentic? What is real news? And what what punishment can we give and we apply to those who are propagating or starting and sharing fake news? No? so be careful. Okay? you might uh, uh, propagate fake news. No? Second would be money. So check your monies, uh, whether you when you pay it or you receive it. Make sure that your 50 is not 20 no? and your 20 is not 50 especially because of the close color no? between uh, the orange 20 and the pink or red 50 so be careful no? so ang yung mga bank they're very uh, tra they're trained no? they're, they're very good at, at identifying which is real and which is fake and the number one you know the number one the, 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 the top one that People would check out as real or fake nowadays. No, nowadays, in our present context, pictures. Yeah, pictures, no? because of Instagram, because of Facebook. No? So we check out, is this real or this is fake? No? So uh, let's, let's, uh, no, let's do a short exercise, a mental exercise, if we're good in detecting real or fake pictures. No? Are you good? Are you good in detecting real or fake pictures? Uh, it, it comes with practice, by the way. So today, we'll just uh, do some, uh, some practice. How good are you uh, in detecting whether these pictures that I will uh, show to you as real or fake? So in Pakistan, spiders climb the trees to avoid flooding. So there's an area in Pakistan that the, the, the spiders would climb up to avoid flooding. And so because of that, they would end up building their spider webs, their webs there. So is this picture real or fake? Okay. So... I don't need to hear your answer, but anyway, uh, you can voice out loud your answer. Next, please. Uh, in, in Stockholm, a subway station would look like this. It's an escalator to hell. No? Because when you pass through it, it looks as if you're entering hell. No? So is this picture real or fake? Okay, next, please. A frying pan beach sculpture in Sydney, Australia. So when you go there... You walk through as if you are walking in a giant frying pan. So you can have your, your photo taken, or your picture taken, and as if you're walking in a frying pan. So is that real or fake? Okay, next please. Maybe you have been to 
to Australia. Huh? A massive rubber duck in a city river. I think this is in Hong Kong one day. So uh, there's a rubber duck there suddenly appearing. Huh? So is this real or fake? Is this Photoshop? Okay. Uh, a tribe of flamingos, uh, pink flamingos that actually form and assume a shape of flamingo. Amazing, no? There are flamingos, no? And then they, they, they come together as birds and then they would, they would uh, assume a form of a flamingo uh, individually as birds. So is this real or fake? Okay, and uh, another picture, a cat with a half, half, half face, no? half black and half brown, no? half black and half brown. Have you seen a cat like this? I think I've seen uh, uh, different eyes, uh, blue and, 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 and green, but I haven't, this is my first time to see uh, half face, or maybe half, half cat and half dog. Uh, hot dog. Hot dog. Oh, anyway, uh, next, uh, the fish, uh, whose teeth are similar to humans. Uh, the, the teeth looks like the, the, the incisors no, and the uh, molars of uh, human teeth. No? Oh, and the last picture uh, would be this picture showing the hands of God okay, after hurricane. No? So in the U.S., after a hurricane, after a big tornado, uh, they, they, they captured this picture as if there's a light in the middle no, and there's hands, no, fingers, hands. So they say that this is the hands of God. So are these pictures real or fake? Well, if your answer or answers to all the pictures except this one, your answer is real, you're correct. So all the pictures before this are real. This one is this the only fake picture. This is the only Photoshop picture in the pictures that I have presented to you. So are we good? Uh, how many did, uh, did, you, did you get uh, correctly? No? Are we perfect? No? Are you half or, or uh, poor no? in detecting? Now, yeah, in, 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 our, in our lesson for today, uh, we will be given a series of contrasts so that we'll be able to detect which is or which Christian or uh, who is this Christian that is authentic and who is fake. Authentic versus fake. Now, by the way, we'll study this not to put ourselves higher than others, so that we will be able to judge others, or we will judge others. Oh, you're fake, no? You can tell others, no, if they are really uh, real, or they're, they're real, or authentic, their, their faith is real or not. But as a measure, as a self-evaluation tool, as a self-assessment to measure our own selves. So let's learn this morning. I'm excited because uh, I have learned that I'll be. Uh, I'll be preaching the whole April, and so as a, as a break for uh, in, in our study in, in the book of Genesis, we'll be studying the whole April based on the first John, the first letter of John. It's all about authentic Christianity. Now, what's good is the Lord uh, gave us the Bible, and He gave us ways in order for us to know whether we are real or we're not. He gave us. Uh, a clear picture whether our faith is real or our faith is fake. So it's a good thing. And so for the whole uh, Sunday, the remaining Sundays of the month of April, we'll be learning all about authentic Christianity. And today we'll be starting off with uh, authentic Christianity and that authentic Christians have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. So before we continue, shall we pause for a while and just commit this time to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we humble ourselves before you. We thank you because you have given us your word as a standard, as a measuring guide to evaluate ourselves, to assess ourselves, whether we are real or fake. Because we know that one of the, the people that you hated most are the hypocrites, those who, who present uh, otherwise just for show or just for the people to acknowledge. But deep inside, they're different and they are opposite. And so, Lord, allow us to understand your word for uh, today and also for the rest of the April. Give us, Lord, that excitement, that eagerness to learn and to know uh, more about your word. Thank you, Lord, because you will, uh, I'm sure that you will bless us today and you will affirm us, you will encourage us as John has encouraged his 
early and his original audience before. We commit this time to, the, to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, authentic Christians have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. That is, that's the first lesson that we can learn from the, the, our study in the first letter. Authentic Christians, real Christians, have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, let's, let's study, let's, let's continue. So, the first, uh, the, the, the main point that I'd like to submit to you this morning is this. Shall we read all together? One, two, three, go. To know Christ is to have a real fellowship or relationship with Him. Now, knowing someone, knowing Christ, for example, uh, you can know Christ superficially. And most people and, and, uh, will, will say, I know Christ. I know Jesus. No, I know Jesus. Jesus was born December 24 no, in a manger in Bethlehem no, many, many years ago. No, he was the son of Mary and Joseph. And because Joseph was a carpenter, he grew up as a carpenter also. No, there was an instance that he, was, he got lost and they found him uh, preaching, arguing with, uh, with the church leaders in a synagogue, in a church. No, you know many things about Christ. You know that Christ had 12 disciples and uh, he had his ministry for three years. No, he died, was crucified, was buried. And third, he rose again. He's now living there in heaven somewhere. And so you know many things about Christ. But knowing Christ is not merely superficial or head knowledge. Uh, just like you know uh, the, the, the famous artistas, the, the actors and the actresses, your, your favorites. No? But to know Christ is to have a real fellowship, a real relationship with Him. You know the word fellowship or relationship, no? fellowship used in, like in our church, Green Hills Christian Fellowship, no? or Kapit Bahay, our neighbor, Christ Commission, fellowship, or Victory Christian, fellowship. So what does fellowship mean? So fellowship means you are in agreement. So when you say fellowship, you are on standing on the same foundation. You are standing on the same ground. And that ground is the Word of God. No? The foundation is Christ. No? The foundation and the ground we are standing on is the Word of God and Christ Himself. And so we have, we have, a, we have a fellowship with someone we have a relationship with someone, and that's knowing someone. So you know him not just by name or not just by the things that he's known of, but you have an intimate, growing, deep, maturing relationship with that person. And so to know Christ is to have a real fellowship, a real relationship with him. And this is how we know if we are real as well. The first point that I'd like to uh, share with you is, who is this Jesus? Who is Jesus? No, in a deeper sense, in a deeper way, who is Jesus? Well, first, he is called the Word of Life. No, in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, uh, the Apostle John starts off his letter by saying, uh, giving a prologue. No, what was from the beginning? Uh, that's like similar to uh, John 1, 1 in the beginning. But the word beginning here is not the beginning starting from the creation. It's the beginning when Jesus Christ started his ministry, his public ministry. Because that's the time when he started to reveal himself to the disciples at first. He started to reveal himself as not only the Son of God, as not only the Messiah, as also God. He's the perfect reflection of God. So if you know Him, if you have seen Him, if you have touched Him, you have also as if known God the Father Himself. And so what was from the beginning, the beginning of, of Jesus no, uh, uh, revealing Himself to the disciples, what we, no, the apostles, maybe together with the other apostles or maybe together with other believers, we, in a plural form, have heard we have seen with our eyes, we have looked at. No? So what's the difference between seeing and looking at? You ask the guys. No? When a beautiful lady uh, walks through, you saw the beautiful lady. No? But when you behold someone, when you take time to look longer, to stare, no? so that is looking at. No? So that not, not only did the disciples, the apostles, the believers saw him personally with their own eyes they have beheld him they have stared at him they have looked at him 
and they have touched them with their hands. Maybe not only a handshake, but also uh, includes embracing, no? a long period of holding hands, no? and 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 akbaying, no? and 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 just really touching. No, uh, uh, that's another good terminology for making akbay, no, akbaying. So he's the word of life concerning the word of life in Tagalog sa salitang nagbibigay buhay. Now, pertaining to life, not only our physical life, but also life that is eternal. So he is our, he's the breath, no? He's the word of life. So he is the word that has incarnated. No? Meaning to say he's God that has become man. And so this is one, one uh, counter teaching that John has given early on to counteract the false teaching that Jesus is merely man or merely God. And, but here we see that, that Jesus is both 100% God and also 100% man. And the life, meaning the physical life that was manifested in Him, that's why they have seen Him, they have heard from Him, they have touched Him, and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life. So He's both God no, with eternal life, is there in the beginning, is there at the end, but he's also born human. And so, which was with the Father, is with the Father from the beginning and was manifested to us now when he was in, in his public ministry. And so, he's the word of life. Next, please. And then, what we have seen, what, again, pertaining to the senses, you know, uh, in order for you to detect fake money, you need to touch it. No? You need to sometimes smell it. And for some, for fake food, you need to taste them, whether they're real or not. So it's not enough to just uh, see them. Sometimes you need to touch it, and, and you need to, to taste and, and use your, all of your senses. So what we have seen, what we have heard, we proclaim to you also. Why? So that you too may have fellowship with us. So that you too would be part of the fellowship. And indeed, with, 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 with conviction and with emphasis, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So these things we write. So it gives the reason so that our joy may be made complete. So I hope and pray that that will also be the measurement, the standard of your joy. That someone, someone, maybe a friend, maybe a, a, a kapitbahay, a neighbor, maybe a loved one, comes into that fellowship experiences that relationship with the universal church, with the other believers, and will have a personal relationship with the Father and with the Son so that their joy, your joy, our joy may be complete. What gives you joy? I hope this one would be on the top of your list. That someone who comes to Christ, someone who, who starts a relationship with Christ, uh, that's part of your joy and your joy becomes completed, knowing that that person is now in fellowship. Second, God's Son. It's God's Son who cleanses from all sin. We've talked about this last Sunday. If you're here, talk about real peace. No, resurrection, relationship, and the results. And part of that is the blood uh, that was shed on the cross a while ago. We celebrated, we commemorated uh, the, 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 the Lord's Supper, the time when, when Jesus uh, shed His blood for us so that we will be cleansed, not from some sins, but from all of our sins. And so third, He's the advocate. He's our advocate with the Father. In verse 1, in, in John, 1 John chapter 2, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may... So you see now the shift from plural, we, no, to I. So he's now addressing personally the readers and the hearers. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Not because you will not sin anymore, and if anyone sins, he says that if anyone sins, so that's, uh, that's uh, a very clear passage that gives us the picture that our Christianity will not make us immune or exempt us from sinning. No? So even if, yes, we were Christians, we are believers, we will still sin. Now that's the clear passage. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Who is that? Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know the word advocate 
that's a legal term. We have lawyers here or soon-to-be lawyers here, and they know this, this particular uh, terminology. An advocate is a defender, uh, an intercessor, uh, tagapamagitan, uh, tagapagtanggol in Tagalog, defender. So when, when God, on that day that we will face Him, uh, on that final judgment, we come to, to God as a holy God, as a just God, uh, he, will, he will look at us. But instead of looking at our sins, he sees Christ. He sees Jesus who is in us. And He will be our advocate. He will defend us. He will, he will, uh, he will uh, be our lawyer. No, He's our lawyer. He's our advocate. So He's our advocate with the Father. So if we sin, we have Christ who will defend us with the Father. And then fourth, He's the propitiation for our sins propitiation. No? So if you want to practice tongue twisting, so just read this word for five or ten times. No? Propitiation, propitiation, and then invert it, read it inversely, no? and I'm sure you will master no? uh, the language. So propitiation of our sins. What does it mean? Uh, in, in other uh, ter- uh, translation, it means the atoning sacrifice. No, atoning sacrifice. So he himself is not only our defender, but he is the atoning sacrifice. What's the picture? The picture is this. When God the judge, God the Father looks at us, no, he doesn't look at us per se, but he sees Christ in us. He sees Christ in our blood, in our heart, in our mind, in our being, in our spirit. He sees the Holy Spirit. He sees Christ. And as he sees Christ, his wrath, no, his anger is turned away. Because of Christ. Because He is the propitiation for our sin. He's the perfect sacrifice. And He is the only, it is the only sacrifice that God has accepted and God will accept. Before, in the Old Testament, He would accept if we transfer no, yung sins natin with sacrificial offerings like the lamb, no, the, the, the dove, no, and, and the blood. No? But now, in the New Testament, Jesus fulfilled this. And He is now the reason why God's wrath will not, will not destroy us. But instead, it will turn away because He's the propitiation. And the good news is this. It's not only for us. It's not only for us, but it is for those. It is also for those of the whole world. You know the world here, the word world here? Uh, it's, it's the same world. It's the same meaning as that of John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Uh, it's for the whole world that He gave His one and only Son. So meaning salvation is for all. Uh, it's, it's for all. It's, it's free and it's for all. But not everyone will be saved. But this is the good news. It's for all. Uh, meaning, there's, there's no exemption. It is available. He is available for all. He's our propitiation, our atoning sacrifice. Next, please. And so, the second point that we learn from our passage is that we have come to know Jesus if we keep His commandments. Uh, if we keep His commandments. So, we have come to know. What is know? What is knowing? Having a real relationship with Him. So, this is how we know if we have a real relationship with Him. If we keep if we obey His commandments. Oh, it's, said in, it's written in verse 3, By this we know that we have come to know Him. How do you know that if you really have a relationship with Jesus, you keep His commandments. Oh, you, you keep, you obey His commandments. So this is a good measuring stick, a good standard to check whether we are really, we are genuinely, we are authentically, uh, have a, do we, we have a relationship with Him. And so, furthermore, as we continue, the one who says, I have come to know Him. So, you give us a, a contrast, a series of contrasts now. Those who says, I have come to know Him, meaning I have a relationship with Him. I go to church. I'm a member of a church. No, I, I pray. I give. Uh, I attend the service. I Bible study, etc., etc. The one who says, I've come to know Him, but and does not keep His commandments is what? A liar. No, a liar, and the truth is not in him. So I hope you will, you're hearing this uh, a very strong word. No, last Sunday, we talked about the fool. Now we'll talk about the liar. Now who's the liar? A hypocrite is the one who says, 
I'm religious. I, have a, uh, I know him. I know Jesus. But he doesn't keep his commandment. He's a liar. And so, next please. And so, whoever keeps his word on a positive note, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know we are in him. How do we know that we are in him? Again, the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. This is called the Christ-likeness. So he's our standard. No? So when we say we are, we are believers, we are Christians, it must show in our walk. It must show in our manner. It must show in how we deal, in how we relate to others, and how we act, and how we, we, we talk. Uh, not only how we say, but in how we do. No? It's the same as that of Christ. Now, early in our marriage, my wife and I, uh, Lei and I, we usually argue, especially uh, with the aspect of fashion. You know, fashion, you know fashion? Uh, it's the one thing that you want to do. No? That's, your, that's my fashion in life. No? No, passion, yeah, no? this is fashion. Something to do with style. No? So sometimes we would argue. That's one of the common uh, areas that we would argue the most. Because she has her own fashion. I have my own fashion. And usually our fashions are different and they're opposite. So what is good to her or nice to her, it's bad for me. No? It's, it's old-fashioned for me. No? What, what is good for me, comfortable for me, it's bad for her. And so he would usually argue. She would buy me, uh, she would give me a, a gift. No? She would buy a clothes, for example. And then as I open it, he sees my face not being happy. Because, oh no, I cannot wear this. And so I'll just skip this. And sometimes he, he gets hurt. And knowing that I will not use it. And then uh, he will feel bad. And he will argue, etc., etc. But you know, as time went on, Nowadays, when I buy, uh, before I, I would say to her, just give me the money and I'll just buy for myself. No? <laughs> Nowadays, when I, when I buy uh, clothes, this is what I will do. I will see. Before, before I would just, okay, that's, that's good for me. Uh, here's the payment and I go. Now, I will check if my wife would like this or not. No? Sometimes I will take a picture Right, and send it to her. Okay, but oh, do you like this? Is this good for you? Uh, because if not, I'll, I'll look for another and I'll not buy this. But if it's good for you also, so, ah, this is good for me, I will buy this. So I consider her feelings. I consider her standards now. Now, we're not talking about fashion here. We're talking here of the standard of Christ. Meaning, if we are one with Him, if we are in Him, if we have a relationship with Him, we now consider Christ. In our decisions. No? Is, this, is this what Christ wants me to say? Ah, if not, then I would rather be silent. Is this what God wants me to do or to, 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 to say or, or to, uh, to decide on? Because if it's not, if it's not according to His word, then I will not rather do it. No, but if it is, it's according to His Word. No, you are considering Him now. You, you, this is according to His Word. It's according to His command. Then it is, I, I will do this. No, so that's the idea. That's the picture that we know that we are in one with Him. We are one with Him in thinking, you know, in, in speech, etc., etc. It's like being married to Christ. That's the mystery, being married to Him. You know, so as we go along, uh, the, the third point, by the way, when you say, when you, say you, 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 are, you are obeying His commandment, the relationship there is a master and servant relationship. Right? It's a king and a subject relationship. It's, it's a master and servant relationship. And so as servants, we don't obey His commands because we are, we are forced to do so. Not because we are burdened to do so. We obey His commands because we know, we trust Him, we believe Him that what His commands are for us is always or always for our good. It's always for our best. No, it's always for us. No, it's always for, for our sake. So when, 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 when God says, Thou shalt not kill, steal, oh, or, or have relationships outside marriage, or covet, or you, have, you remember the holy uh, Sabbath, they keep it holy, you honor your father and mother, etc., etc., when you, have, you give, gave these commandments, it always is 
they are always best for us. And so we do this out of our faith and out of our trust in Him, knowing that these things are always for our best. He, the one who sees the past, the present, also the future, He gives these commands for our own benefit. And so, for the, for the last point, we walk in the light, not in darkness. So if you're, you're an authentic Christian, if you're walking in the light and not in darkness. And so this is one, one major theme in the book or the letters in the writings of John, no? God as the light. This is the message. By the way, the, the message here is the gospel message from the, from the word angelia, angelia. You know, someone whose name is related to angel, Angelo, my, my firstborn son, Angelo, Lance Simon Angelo. Our second is Sarah Lay, Angela. And the third is Lucia Simone Angeli. If we had the fourth uh, child, we probably would name her Angelina. <laughs> Jolie, but uh, praise God, uh, the Lord only gave us three. And so, uh, you know someone whose name is Angela, related to Angelia? That's where we get also the word evangelism or evangelical, like we have the PCEC, the Philippine Council for Evangelical Churches. So that's the common ground, no? the message, the gospel. That's, that's what we believe in, that, that salvation is by grace, it is by faith, and it's not by good works. So that's the, that's the, the, the good news, that's the message. No? By the way, this afternoon at 2 p.m., if you're available, can we invite you to come over here so that we can learn together on how we can share our faith in simple ways, how to evangelize in simple ways, how to proclaim the good news in simple ways. So may we invite you uh, this afternoon so that you will be equipped and together as a church we have this common uh, ground on how we conduct evangelism. And so if you're available, come here and uh, just register. And so as we go back, uh, final point, God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. John is not saying about the form of God. No, he's, that he's light. So whenever you see light, ah, oh, that's God. No, and I wake up in the morning, I saw this bright light. Oh, that's, no, that is not about the, the, the literal light, but he's, it, it's the attribute of God. Meaning in light, there is no darkness. No, it means he is holy, he is pure, he is just, he is faithful, he is truthful, he, is not, he doesn't sin, etc. So he is light. And so this is the message, this is the gospel that they have heard and they are now announcing to us that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Next please, verse 6. If we say, this is the series of if, if, no? if, if, and then but, but, no? if, but, if, but. So if we say that we have fellowship with him, we have a relationship with him, and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So, pag sinasabi natin, when we say, ah, I know Christ, I'm a Christian, I have a fellowship with Him, I'm a member of a fellowship church with Him, and, and yet you are in the darkness. I mean, you are, you are, uh, you are sinning. No? Not, not intentionally, no? willfully. You, you, still, you still consider this as natural to you. Then, check yourself. It could be that you are fake and that you are lying. And so who are you deceiving, by the way? Number one, others. You may be deceiving others. Oh, they see you as holy. They see you as someone who is religious, etc., etc. Or you may be deceiving yourself. That's the most dangerous part. But you and we cannot ever deceive God. But if we walk in the light, in a positive note, as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses from all sin. Meaning, if you really have a relationship with Christ, that results in an outward fellowship also with others. And so the next part, if we say that we have no sin, to counteract again the false teaching, the first te false teaching, that because we are forgiven, Oh, it's okay to commit sin. No? Because we're already cleansed, it's okay to do these things. It's okay to, to, to sin. No? It's okay to, to, to subject ourselves to sin. No. Repentance is, is a one-time, big-time decision that you make, that you turn your, your back from, 
from sin and you don't want to be associated with that anymore. And because of that, you are now faithfully walking with the Lord. But as you walk with the Lord, sometimes you may be tempted. Sometimes you may be tried. No? Sometimes you will fall and sometimes you will commit sins. I have, I think, watched somewhere in a movie that whenever we are in a trial, no, in every a trial, and you feel, maybe today you feel that you are being tested and you are struggling with something. And that during this time of test, this trial, it seems that Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they are all in one, they are all absent, and they're all silent, and they're all away from you. And in this midst of trial, financial, relational, uh, emotional, maybe health, no, you, you feel you're alone. Remember this, the teacher who gives a hard, difficult examination, a test to his students, is always silent during the test. But the teacher is always silent during the test. So when you're taking a difficult examination, you're a student, you're taking this exam, and it's difficult, now don't ask your teacher. No, he's silent during this time. But his silence doesn't mean he's away. And sometimes God is like that. He's silent in the midst of our struggle. No, but if we say we don't sin, we are deceiving ourselves and truth is in us. But if we confess our sins, you know, with, with confession, difference with, with repentance. And repentance is one time. Confession should be regular. Because when we sin, we put a barrier between God and us. So that barrier right, will cause us to hide from God, to run away from God, and to cover ourselves from God, and to not relate to Him anymore. But when we confess our sins, when we openly confess to God, Lord, I have done this, I'm sorry, you break that bar God breaks that barrier, you take away that barrier, and so your relationship with Him is restored. We're not talking here of salvation. Salvation is given to those who have repented and believed. That's permanent. That's forever. That's lifetime. That's, that's, that's a done deal. But your relationship now with Him may be compromised. Your relationship with, with the Lord will be affected. Just as you have a relationship with someone else, when you hurt someone else's feelings, you, you need to, to, to have fellowship again with that person. So you, you take away that barrier. You take away that barrier with God so that your relationship, your fellowship with God will go on. And you know what? He's faithful and He's righteous to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, another counter false teaching, uh, another false teaching is if we say that we have not sinned, no, I'm pure, I'm perfect, I'm not a sinner, no, I, I'm good, I, I'm doing okay, I'm doing good things. Well, we make him a liar. You say uh, that the, the, your word is lie, no? When he said that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that's a lie. So we say that we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And then, Beloved, I am now writing a new commandment. So this is an introduction to the, to the, the, the additional uh, learnings that we'll have throughout the, the April as we study. This is about loving. No? This is about fellowshipping. This is about forgiveness. And so how do this thing now apply to us? Oh, we now know Jesus, no? and we have come to know Him. We are keeping His commandments. You're uh, walking in the light. This is a, a measurement to check if you're authentic or fake. So as an application, as we take this home, as we go out from this place, we bring this home, we bring home this question, am I genuine or am I fake? Am I an authentic Christian or am I fake? Because authentic Christians, they have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not merely head knowledge. It's not merely uh, knowing who Christ is. It's believing in Him. And because you're, you believe in Him, because you trust Him and, and you trust His Word and what He says is always good for us, then we obey. And then it should, it should bypass, it go over. No, it, should, it should go to, towards our heart. It's not only with our heads, but it should go to our heart. And it should result to a heart of worship. 
In that heart of worship, you, you, you lift him up, you magnify him, no? you, you look at him as sovereign, you look at him as Lord, and you, you, put, uh, you put him on high as we, uh, we go to the application. And then finally, it should go to our hands. It's service. It's not only head knowledge, I know who Christ is. No? And it's not only uh, feelings or emotion. No? I, I know uh, I love God, I have a relationship with Him, but it should also be seen in our ways, in our actions, in our service. And so knowing Christ is not only merely having a head knowledge, but it's having a real fellowship with Him. And that relationship is not only in the aspect of our mouth or our lips. It should involve our minds. It should involve our hearts. It should involve our hands. It should involve our whole life. Remember the warning, not, any, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do and obey His will. So if we obey God's will, we are being Christ-like. You know, Christ being God, even at the end of His life, in the final breath of His earthly life, He would say, not my will, Father, but yours be done. So I hope and pray that because of we have a real relationship with Christ, it is seen as obedience to God. Shall we all stand and bow down our heads and just close in prayer? And maybe today you are here and you have not, or you're not sure if you have a real relationship with Jesus. And because you're not sure that you have a real relationship with Jesus, you feel that your Christianity is just lip service or your Christianity is just by word or by mouth. But in reality, you are still in the darkness. Because the Bible is clear. If we say, if we claim that we are in the light, we are not to be in the darkness maybe today you are in the darkness you are committing you are intentionally sinning against god and you don't have uh, second thinking you, you you don't consider sin a sin and maybe you justify and cover up your sin as something good the bible is clear well, if, we are, if we are for Him, if we are not for Him, we are against Him. So are you real or fake? That's a question you have to answer between you and God. And maybe consider praying, confessing, repenting of your sins, coming before the Lord, and say, Lord, I am a sinner. I admit. I confess that I am a sinner and I realize that I cannot save myself and I need Jesus to save me from my sins. Forgive me, Father, for all the sins I have done and for the things that I should have done that is pleasing to you but I did not do. Forgive me as well. I turn my back from these things. I now put my trust and transfer my, my belief to you and to Jesus. And Jesus, would you be the Lord and Savior and the Master of my life, my head, my heart, and my hands. Thank you for the eternal life Thank you for the peace. Thank you for the assurance of salvation that I now receive, not out of my own good works, but I now receive by faith through your grace. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. As we reflect on the question, are we real or fake? Allow us, Lord, to respond truthfully and with your standard. I pray, Lord, for some of us here who are strong in faith that we will participate in the spread, in the sharing of your word. Just as John has testified and proclaimed the message, the good news, we will also intentionally proclaim and witness and share the good news. So protect each and every one of us and bless each and every one of us. For those who are sick, may your healing be upon them. For those who are, are, are asking, are desiring to pass an exam, Lord, would you, would you show and manifest your power and, and grant their desires. And those who are thankful, they have passed, they have completed uh, a level, a degree, Lord, we thank you. And for those who are struggling financially, we ask for your provision. And those who are struggling emotionally, physically, and spiritually, Lord, may we see you reveal yourself to us. And may, may we develop and nourish and know you as a personal Lord, Savior and master of our life. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. amen. Thank Final you. Palakpakan natin words. ng Panginoon. <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor Steve. <clears throat> A few things only before we close, I hope. Just one minute. Remain standing. One, we do invite you for the share your faith in simple ways. Uh, we would like to share uh, why we believe, uh, how is the biblical way of sharing your faith and why we disagree with some in terms of sharing their faith or the Bible tracts of today. Number two, may I make a friendly request? Is that okay? When we, somebody begins preaching God's word, please avoid standing up or going to the CR. Respect God's word. Number two, respect your seatmate. Number three, respect the preacher because it's distracting. So my tip for you, do not drink too much before you come in. Is that okay? Or you go to the CR before you come in, all right? Uh, these gentlemen like Brother Ben and other elders don't stand, and they're much older than us, which, which means their bladder power is weaker, okay? But they remain, and they don't stand around. Now, some of you are so young, you should hold it, because I was standing there outside. I could count more than 10 of you going in and out. And I said, we must teach our church how to respect God's word. Is that okay? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.